amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, hello, and good morning. It is really nice and sunny today. Gabby Petito's social media posts, a roadmap of sorts to where the 22-year-old was headed. Each post, each stop, a clue. As authorities scoured miles of terrain from Utah to Wyoming, zeroing in on her final steps. Gabby Petito was reportedly seen checking out of this Fairfield Inn and Suites here in Salt Lake City on August 24th. And a staff member has confirmed to us that the FBI and the police were here recently asking questions as part of their investigation into her disappearance. The same day Gabby was reportedly seen checking out of the hotel, she FaceTimed with her mom, saying she was leaving Utah and heading to the Grand Teton National Park. That means Gabby and her fiancé, Brian Laundrie, would have been heading north. They were driving Gabby's converted white 2012 Ford Transit van with Florida plates. Their planned final destination reportedly was Yellowstone National Park. On August 25th, the last post on Gabby's Instagram put her at the Monarch, an arts and entertainment venue. We found the Monarch in the same mural posted in Gabby's Instagram photo here in Ogden, Utah, about 40 miles north of Salt Lake City and about 260 miles south of the Tetons. The owner of the Monarch tells us that the photo Gabby posted was taken here at the Monarch. He also says he shared security camera video with the FBI. On the Monarch's Facebook page, they posted these three pictures of Gabby Petito at their venue. The post reads in part, Has anyone seen this beautiful woman? Gabby Petito has been missing since late August. Hey, lovely listeners, and welcome back to Crime Analyst and the Intelligence Cell. I'm going to jump straight back into the case. But just a heads up, listener discretion is advised. This is a distressing case, and you may find it triggering. Okay, so what did you think about part three? Did anything jump out at you specifically? Social media was such a big part of this case, and I've been reflecting again on the last post on Gabby's Instagram account and the dates that they were posted. I've also been thinking a lot about Brian's Instagram account, and I'll come back to that momentarily. Having revisited Gabby's Instagram whilst examining the video footage, there were actually two posts published on the 12th of August. That's the day the van was pulled over by Moab City Police. Now, I detailed one of the posts in Part 3. The 12th of August was the Arches National Park post. Now, you might recall that the 12th of August was a Thursday, but this post references a Monday that they hiked the delicate arch. Now remember, this was the post where there was a significant change in the style, tone, content and grammar. Well, after that post, another post was published, the same date, and it was also geotagged as Arches National Park. But this time, seven images were uploaded, and I want to tell you about them. 
The first image is of Gabby, a tiny speck on the side of the burnt orange-coloured rock, the arch high above her head, the blue sky starkly contrasting spectacularly with the burnt orange rock. A large bird is captured in flight. It's both dramatic and beautiful. In the second photo, we see Gabby again on the side of the arch, but we can see her more clearly in this shot. She's propped up sitting on the side of the arch, wearing black shorts, trainers, and her hair is in a bun. She has her hand up to her brow, looking away from the arch towards the horizon, as if she's trying to get the sun out of her eyes. In the third picture, we see Gabby higher up on the side of the arch, and so she's closer to the actual arch. Her head is turned to the side. The fourth picture is from a distance, and so we get a much better sense of perspective of the arch and how steep the incline is that Gabby's on. She's sort of shimmying along it in this picture. The arch is huge, and Gabby is tiny in comparison. A bird sits atop the arch, and we can see houses and buildings in the distance. The fifth image is of Gabby in the same position, but looking out, hand to her brow again, but this time she's standing. The sixth picture is a tighter shot of Gabby and the arch. She's standing and turned sideways, but looking towards the arch this time. And the seventh photo is a wider shot, and we get much more perspective as Gabby is lying on her back against the orange rock. The bird is on top of the arch again, and for the first time, we can really appreciate just how steep the side of the arch is. Now, the camera rarely picks up depth and steepness of mountains and inclines, but Gabby lying against it helps show how steep it is. And noticeably, there's no one else in sight. This is what the caption reads that accompanies the seven pictures. We decided to take the path less travelled on the other side of the arch. After waiting in a short line for some photos under the arch early Monday morning, we wanted to find a place to relax and draw while still admiring the arch, but also get away from the crowd that kept growing as the day went on. We walked just a little past the arch where the rock is at such an angle. It appears impossible to walk on, but being such experienced hikers, I had confidence that I could make it. While at bizarre underscore design underscore climbed down some steep slopes with the camera, I shimmied my way along a thin, flat, narrow line that led directly to a big, flat rock with the absolute most beautiful view from directly underneath the arch. After taking a few cool photos of each other, at bizarre underscore design underscore and I sat drawing and enjoying the nature without seeing anybody who was online or taking photos. It felt like we had the entire delicate arch to ourselves. We got to spend about two hours relaxing here on this side of the arch with nobody bothering us, except this one guy who saw us and thought he could do it too. Many people who spotted us were contemplating how we made it here, shouting things like, wow, you guys must be crazy. One guy started to come in our direction, talking the same thin, narrow way along the rock as I did, and he got stuck stuck in fear of not knowing where to put his feet to climb out, at Bizarre underscore design underscore and I helped him climb back to his wife, who was laughing hysterically, giving us a big thumbs up. In the last few photos, you can see what I mean by thin, narrow line. 
There was no path to the flat rock that sat perfectly level out of the steep angled side of what's basically a cliff, so I do not recommend trying this yourself. Hazard warning emoji. Bracket, rock climbing is dangerous. That guy we had to help off the edge whacked me with his walking stick while I was helping him back up. Close brackets. We are athletic and very experienced hikers and have high confidence for rock climbing. Do not try this at home. Warning emoji. At bizarre underscore design underscore. Okay, so this is the post that really piqued my interest, as it's so incongruent with other captions on Gabby's wall. It's the post that made me wonder about whether Brian was posting on Gabby's Instagram account. Here's why. Firstly, it's blocked text, and a much longer post than others. Secondly, the tone and style of the post is significantly different. It appears more masculine in content. For example, it's referencing competition with others, how they did something others couldn't, and the advice not to try this at home because they're experienced hikers. I mean, for me, it's just a little bit patronising, and it also feels like male energy, and unlike Gabby. Thirdly, there are numerous typos and grammatical errors. For example, appears, experienced, and whacked are spelt wrongly. And the poster wrote talking rather than taking. Also, there should be a capital M for Monday and a capital D and A for delicate arch. Also, Brian is tagged at least four times, which seems excessive and hasn't happened before. And my last two points from my preliminary analysis is that there's an omission of emojis. Only two are used at the end, the hazard warning emoji. And lastly, there are no hashtags whatsoever. Now, this is a complete break from before, and it's odd for someone hoping to be a travel blogger. Now, I would really want to compare it with Brian's post on his Instagram, but his account has been taken down. However, I suspect that I would see a similar writing style. Now, I concentrated on Instagram as it seems Gabby was much more active on there. However, there's a TikTok account too, at Nomadic Static, and it has around 74,000 followers. In the profile picture, Brian is centred in the photo and Gabby is in the left-hand side of it, and they're looking at each other. The blurb reads, Gabby and Brian, with the sun emoji on either side. Then underneath it says, Hi, hey, hello, smiley face. Just happy to be here. Now this seems in keeping to me with Gabby's idiolect, and although Brian is centred in the picture and named, it's Gabby's name that appears at the top, Gab's, and it's also linked with Gabby's Instagram. There are 13 posts that have been uploaded, each with their own music bed. Now they're images and videos that I've seen before. I'll start with the final post, which was uploaded on the 8th of August, 2021. It's the video of Gabby and Brian in the desert, with Brian talking about his hammock. The caption reads, new YouTube video, hashtag link in bio, smiley face emoji, hashtag van life, hashtag never stop exploring. Lots of people have commented on it, and there are currently just under 700,000 views. Now, most of the 3,000 plus comments have been made after Gabby went missing. Looking at the start of the TikTok account, the first two posts showed their California trip at the beginning of 2020. Then there are three more posts throughout 2020. Gabby with a baby chick, Gabby and Brian camping, and Brian picking up an empty water bottle in a river, 
and the post reads, don't litter. Now that for me connects back to Gabby's Instagram post about littering, where I got the impression Brian may have written it. Then there's a 29th of June 2020 post of Gabby, happy and smiling at the camera, dressed in a new summer look, white t-shirt and orange hippie pants. She seems so happy and bright and she kicks her leg out, playfully in a mirror outside propped up against a tree. It's cute and playful. The next post is captioned, hashtag reminiscing, hashtag 2020, hashtag memories, followed by two emoji stars. It was uploaded on the 1st of December 2021. Lots of Polaroid pictures are flicked through on screen to music. When you click on the caption, it reveals more text. We have lots of big plans for this new year. Hashtag stay tuned. Hashtag van life travel. Yellow heart emoji. So it seems to me that's when the van life travel idea took shape. And it was on the 2nd of July 2021 that Gabby made her dream a reality. And they left on their four month trip to see the national parks across America. The next post on TikTok was on Valentine's Day 2021. The video is a compilation of them both messing around together. The caption reads, Happy Valentine's Day, with the two champagne glasses and the champagne bottle emojis. Hashtag good vibes, hashtag valentine, hashtag love, hashtag XOXO. The next post was posted on the 22nd of July, and it's more video footage of Gabby and Brian surfing the sand dunes set to music. In the caption is the surfing emoji, followed by hashtag van life travel, hashtag travel blogger, hashtag great sand dunes national park, hashtag outdoor life, hashtag van life diaries. The next five are posts from their time in Utah, which I've seen published before. So Gabby preparing the food, the mini pitters with the ripped mozzarella, and them camping. Another post on the 22nd of July 2021 is of them surfing at the Great Sand Dunes National Park again. And on the 23rd of July, there's another video posted, and this time there are some images and clips that I've seen before, but also a few new images of them hiking and Brian preparing some food in Utah. The caption reads, Van tour coming soon. Hashtag van life travel. Hashtag travel TikTok. Hashtag van conversion, hashtag van life, hashtag van life couple, hashtag adventure travel. So there's evidence here that more hashtags are being used, some of which are bespoke to TikTok. The next post was published on the 19th of August in Utah, and the camping images again that have been posted on Instagram in the van, and then popping a bottle of fizz, hiking, and also some new views with the hashtags hashtag van life hashtag van life travel, hashtag van life. And this is the day the only video is posted on Nomadic Static YouTube. And the last post is the one that I've already detailed and the one that I started with. What's evident to me is that the style, vibe and tone of all the posts on TikTok are the same. Also, the style of the captions are consistent across Gabby's TikTok and most of her Instagram posts. Therefore, I believe it was Gabby posting them. And it's evident to me that the hashtags are developing and growing in number on TikTok. 
And although it appears TikTok was not Gabby's preferred social media platform, and remember, it wasn't as popular as it is now as a platform, but Gabby seemed to be getting into it, gradually posting more and more frequently, and also adding more hashtags for SEO purposes. Having analysed Gabby's TikTok account, it's confirmed to me that the last six posts on Instagram were most likely not posted by Gabby. And so the burning questions that I have, keeping an open mind, are the following. One, if the posts were not posted by Gabby, then who were they posted by? Two, whoever it was must have had her phone and her password and or possible access to her phone and or computer. Three, were these posts uploaded before the police stop and whilst they're in the cafe on the 12th of August? Four, is this what Gabby and Brian argued about on that day? Five, was it Brian who posted them? If so, were they posted after the police stopped by Brian as Gabby wanted to give him control due to the arguments or did Brian just take over her Instagram? Did he take away her voice and joy, the one thing that she enjoyed doing the most? Was that part of the control and building tension between them? Or were they posted by Brian after Gabby went missing to misdirect and make it look like all was well between them? Let's talk makeup for a moment. What's your daily makeup routine? Are you an out of the door with a messy bun, a mascara vibe? Or are you coiffed to the max? Or maybe you're somewhere in between like me. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty free, made with clean skin loving ingredients, high performance and trademark formulas and uncompromising standards. Thrive Cosmetics bigger than beauty mission is amazing. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. I love that Thrive Cosmetics supports domestic violence victims, breast cancer survivors, and women who are emerging from homelessness. It's a beauty brand and a philosophy that goes beyond skin deep by empowering women. Did you know the first product they launched were false eyelashes, which was motivated by the fact that cancer patients lose their eyelashes? How amazing is that? I love their new sheer strength lip plumping peptide gloss. It gives you a visibly fuller looking, luscious lips without fillers or uncomfortable stinging sensations. It's also ultra hydrating and there are 10 shades to choose from which enhance your natural lips, six shines and four shimmers. Support and empower women and treat yourself or a loved one. Thrive Cosmetics is a luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash crimeanalyst. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash crimeanalyst for 20% off your first order. I want to tell you about my sponsor, Factor. Factor makes healthy eating easy. And health and fitness starts with good food. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. 
Fuel up fast with Factors, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. I've had the chicken parmesan and the turkey chili and zucchini, and they're delicious and I highly recommend them. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Now, they've done the maths, and Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash crimeanalyst50 and use code crimeanalyst50 to get 50% off. That's code crimeanalyst50 at factormills, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormills.com slash crimeanalyst50 to get 50% off. It's now become much more pressing to analyse Brian's account and see if it's possible to say conclusively that he's the author of the posts. I asked on social media whether anyone has any screenshots of Brian's Instagram account. Now, several of you replied to me almost straight away saying that you did, or you sent me links to material that I could use. So a big thank you and shout out to Brooke, Lindsay Allison, Jess, and the Murder Room case analyst at Laura Petler Associates in particular. Thank you so much for sending pictures and links. And it's from those sources that I'm going to comment. But in the meantime, I'm going to comment on Brian's profile picture and bio description on his Instagram account. Firstly, his profile picture is of him sitting on top of Gabby's van, and the bio reads, Take a hike every day, Greenleaf emoji. Bug bites are better than being brainwashed by the media, Greenleaf emoji. Nature enthusiast, Greenleaf emoji. Taking on hashtag van life, with at Gab's Petito, www.nomadicstatic.com. From my initial analysis of Brian's account, it's evident to me that Brian loved hiking, that he was active, and he liked to be in nature. For Brian, these were the most important things to share with the world about himself. Along with the fact that he had a negative view of the media, which is ironic, as he was using it to chart his van life. Also, the irony's not lost on me that the media and social media specifically played such a big role in this case when trying to find both Gabby and Brian. I also want to share with you that Brian's last post on his account was dated the 13th of August, and it was geotagged as Moab, Utah. Again, I can see that this date is significant, from Gabby's social media account and now from Brian's. And so if I knew nothing else about the case and what happened, from my analysis of both their Instagram accounts, I would know a significant event happened on or just before the 13th of August. It's also why I knew that the police stop was very significant in both of their lives. I have much more to say, and I'm going to share my analysis with you very soon. And it's fascinating. Also, full disclosure, that when I initially read the post in September 2021, I instinctively believed that it was Brian posting on Gabby's Instagram in an attempt to misdirect. However, you cannot post retroactively and change the date of the post on Instagram, but you can edit and change the captions on the posts. And importantly, as I said before, these last posts have been edited. I'm going to say more about that when I share my comparison analysis. 
Now I want to pivot and turn my attention to the police stop. This was a significant event for me, an event that indicated that all was indeed not well. Now, a couple of things before I get into it. Firstly, I'll focus on the most significant aspects regarding behaviour and language that I see and hear in the video. Just bear in mind that the footage is 1 hour and 17 minutes long. Also, just a reminder that listener discretion is advised, as I'm going to share various segments to help explain what I saw when I analysed the police body-worn camera footage. Now, if you want to follow along, you can watch the full footage. It's available on YouTube. In fact, there are two versions, because there were two body-worn cameras, but I'm going to speak to the first that appeared on YouTube on the 16th of September 2021. Now, it was posted by Fox 13 Tampa Bay. The header reads, Gabby Petito, full body camera video. The blurb reads, Full video from the Moab City Police Department shows officers investigating an incident between Gabby Petito and her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie. She has since been reported missing. Timeline-wise, Moab City Police Department were called on August 12, 2021, less than a month before Gabby's family reported her missing. Importantly, it was not Gabby or Brian who called the police, but two witnesses who saw an assault. This is what one of the witnesses said. We drove by and the gentleman was slapping the girl. Then we stopped. They ran up and down the sidewalk. He proceeded to hit her, hopped in the car, and they drove off. That's important to remember. Okay, so first I want you to hear the start of the initial stop. Driver is showing some obscure driving, possibly intoxicated. Currently doing 45 miles an hour. Zone through here is 25. Oh! Subject just hit the curb. Correction speed limit is 15. I'm about three quarters of a mile into the arches, just before the gate. You want to place your vehicle in the park and go ahead and turn it off for me? Yeah, yeah, turn it off. No, park? Oh, it, it isn't parked yet. Sorry. Okay, turn off your engine. Go ahead and set your keys on the dash for me, all right? What's you guys' names? Gabby. I'm Brian. Gabby, Brian, okay. What's going on? How come you're crying? I'm just crying. We've just been fighting this morning. Some personal issues. It was a long day. We were camping yesterday and camping got the supplies and stuff. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I hit the, the, the bump there. <laughs> I was distracting him from driving, I'm sorry. Can I get you to step out of the vehicle for me, man? Yeah. Just hang tight right there. Um, do you mind if I take your keys and just put them on your hood? You got it, buddy. I'm so Thank sorry. You. Oh, no, you're fine. I'm going to go ahead and close your door. Okay. Why don't you come over here? SO229, I have the female that was in the passenger seat separated from the male. 
keys are on the hood. You want to tell me what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. It just some days <laughs> I have really bad OCD, and okay. I just I was just cleaning and straightening up back of the van before, and I was apologizing to him and saying, "I'm sorry that I'm so mean because sometimes I have OCD and sometimes I just get really frustrated. Not like mean towards him. I just like I mean I guess." My vibe is like I would be like in a bad mood, and I was just saying I'm sorry if I'm in a bad mood. I'm just really stressed. I had so much work I was doing on my computer this morning. What do you do for a living? Um, well, I, I hate to work at an organic juice bar, but I just quit my job. Okay. I was a nutritionist. That's oh, what okay. that was my That's job. Cool. And I just um, quit my job to travel across the country, and I'm trying to start a blog. Okay. So, so I've been building my website, so I've just been really stressed, and he doesn't really believe that I could do any of it, so that's kind of been like a, I don't know, he's like, down there. I don't know, we've just been fighting all morning, and and he wouldn't let me in the car before. And then Why I, wouldn't he let you in the car? Because you have OCD? told me I needed to calm down, yeah, <laughs> but I'm perfectly calm, I'm calm all the time, and he really stresses me out, and I just... The responding police officer is Daniel Scott Robbins. Now he says the driver is showing some obscure driving, possibly intoxicated, currently doing 45 miles per hour. The zone through here is 25. Oh, subject just hit the curb. The sirens then go and he says correction speed limit is 15. He pulls over and gets out his vehicle. He approaches the van from the passenger side door. Gabby is clearly distressed and rolls the window down saying, I'm sorry, I, I. He cuts her off and tells Brian to put the vehicle into parking and keys on the dash. What's your names? How come you're crying? He says. Gabby answers. We've just been fighting this morning. Some personal issues. And Brian cuts her off and takes over. Now, the question wasn't directed to Brian, but that doesn't stop Brian from interjecting and cutting Gabby off. He doesn't want her to say more. That's a red flag. Brian continues, saying that they had been camping yesterday, and he says he's sorry he hit the bump. Gabby apologises again. She says sorry that it's her fault as she was distracting him, and I can see she's taking her cue from Brian. The officer then asks Gabby to step out the vehicle. She says yes and stands outside, polite and awaiting further instruction. She acquiesces to the officer and she appears nervous and she's still crying. Now here, my impression is that the officer understands that there's a dynamic between Gabby and Brian and that's why he separates Gabby. It's good practice to do this in all domestic violence call-outs. And notice I'm not saying domestic violence incident, I'm saying call-outs. And notice just how polite Gabby is too. Officer Robbins then says, why don't you come over here, gesturing away from the van, and leads her closer to his patrol vehicle. He asks her to tell him what's going on. Noticeably for me, he has a good tone. He sounds kind and compassionate, as if he's genuinely interested. And from his actions, his tone and his language... I believe he does really want to understand what's going on and that he senses there's more to this. Even though there's a lot of road noise in the background, I can hear Gabby sniffling 
and still trying to calm herself down. She's trying to regulate her breathing, which indicates to me that she's been very upset, but she's also clearly visibly upset too. She doesn't know what to do with her hands. She puts them in her short pockets, then takes them out. Then she bends over, almost folding over on herself, and she's crying, and she says, yes, no, I don't know. And then she starts pulling back her hair and breathes deeply while saying, it's just some days I have really bad OCD. And her voice jumps a couple of octaves as she puts both hands to her heart as she's speaking. Now this points to authenticity, the hands to the heart. She's speaking from the heart and she continues. I was just cleaning and straightening out and I was apologising to him and saying, I'm sorry I'm so mean because sometimes I have OCD and I do get really frustrated. Not like mean and horrid to him, I just like, I guess my vibe is, you know, like a bad mood and I was just really stressed. I had so much work to do on my computer this morning. Okay, so breaking it down. Gabby was in flow here. There was no filter. And so this narrative is an important one. And what jumps out immediately for me is, firstly, the continuous apologising to the officer and her general demeanour of politeness. Secondly, she then describes apologising to Brian. Thirdly, she's claiming responsibility, that it's all her. And she talks about OCD, her obsessive-compulsive disorder, which, by the way, she wasn't diagnosed with. She clearly likes things tidy and organised, but that's not OCD. Also, she puts herself down about being mean, and she said that she's stressed due to work on her computer, and that was what she was focused on. And also, just to say... This is a very different Gabby to all the posts on social media. The happy-go-lucky, bright, smiley Gabby. And she's clearly very distressed. But significantly for me, she positions herself as the problem. Now, when I compare this with Gabby, the smiley, happy, vibey Gabby on social media, they're clearly two very different versions of her. But it's apparent to me that she's smart and eloquent and that she also acquiesces to authority and to men. She's upset, but she's explaining and taking responsibility and being polite all the while. Even though she's upset, she's still explaining everything in detail, and she's still taking responsibility and being polite. She's not being argumentative or difficult, and that's also very important in terms of my observation. Now, the response officer, Officer Robbins then interjects and asks her what she does for a living. And she answers, I used to work in an organic juice bar, but I quit my job. I was a nutritionist. I quit my job to travel across the country, and I'm trying to start a blog, a travel blog. So I've been building my website, and I've been highly stressed, and he doesn't really believe that I can do any of it. And that's him, I guess. And we've been fighting all morning. Now, for me, that's an important disclosure. I've been highly stressed and he doesn't really believe I can do any of it. Noticeably, she sounds more upset when referring to that. And I would have asked more questions at this point. This is most likely what they were arguing about. She was working hard doing the website. He didn't like her attention being on that and wanted to go hiking. And he was undermining her by putting her down and saying he had no confidence in her. 
That's a big blow. The person who's supposed to love you saying that, rather than lifting you up, they're putting you down. And she goes on and says, He wouldn't let me in the car. He told me I had to calm down. But I'm perfectly calm, and he really stresses me out. Well, let's add into this context that it's Gabby's van, and so he's denying her access to her own vehicle. Now, if she had been drinking, I might understand it more, but she wasn't. He just didn't want her going in her own van. Also, in my experience, saying calm down to someone who's already upset, well, that tends to escalate things and upset a person further. It's also a bit patronising too, and devoid of compassion. And Gabby said that Brian really stressed her out, and she sums it up with, this is a rough morning. The officer then says he'll sit her down in the back seat of his patrol car and he caveats by saying that she's not in trouble and she'll be in the aircon, she can take a breath and he'll come back to her shortly. Now we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that that's where detained suspects are placed. Now just behind Gabby, another officer has shown up at the scene. The time is 16.48 on the 12th of August 2021. It's the bearded officer, who we now know to be Eric Pratt, of the Moab City Police Department. He gets out of his patrol vehicle and he walks round behind Gabby and he looks at the officer who's talking to her. Officer Robbins walks over to Brian, having situated Gabby in his car. A park ranger has also arrived at the scene and he's talking with Brian through the passenger window of the van. Brian cranes his neck to see Officer Robbins and says... You talk to Gabrielle, right? To me, he appears nervous. He's then asked to step out of the vehicle, which he does. For me, Brian asking about Gabby is codified language and roughly translates as, what did she tell you? He's trying to see if the officer will say, and he's nervous about what she might have said. Why does he want to know? If he's done nothing wrong and nothing has happened, why is he nervous and trying to find out what she said? This is a red flag. However, it's missed. And instead of asking him, is there something you want to tell us? The officer states, you're not in any trouble right now. And he then says, what's going on? Unfortunately, that's a missed opportunity right there. This is what Brian replies. Come on over here. You're not in any trouble right now. So, tell me, what's going on? She just gets worked up sometimes, and I try and really distance myself from her, so like I, I lock the car and I walk away from her. What, what happened this morning is that she's trying to start up like her own little website blog and everything, so I give her time. And I, we, we really had a nice morning, if, and if anything, but um, she just got worked up because we were trying to get going and get her day going because we want to go um, like guards and stuff like that. Okay. You, you want to tell me about those scratches on your face? She had a cell phone in her hand. That's why I was pushing her away. Because I... She, she wanted to... I locked the keys so I could walk away. I, I said, let's just take a breather and let's not, you know, go anywhere. Let's just calm down for a minute. She's getting a little worked up. And then she had her phone and was trying to get the keys to me. So that way I was just trying to... I know I shouldn't push, but I was just trying to push her away to go, let's, let's just take a minute, step back and breathe. And we see if she got me with her phone. Okay, I'm going to end there with some homework. You can analyse that clip yourself, and I'll tell you next week what the standout points are for me. So join me back in the Intelligence Cell next week. Until then, be curious, ask questions, and always trust your instinct. 
Here's my final two cents before the episode wraps. If you like what I do, please take two minutes to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to Crime Analyst or on the website www.crime-analyst.com. It really helps others find me and also helps with the ratings. Crime Analyst is written, produced and hosted by me, Laura Richards. Sound engineering by Jason Sheasley at Abridged Audio. Cover art and graphics by Chris Rowbottom at Syndicate and music by Kilrood. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.